0: Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Today's episode of the All Angels podcast is brought to you by Sports Drink, your digital water cooler. Sports Drink is a newly created internet community that tries to find the intersection of sports and not sports. They're here to help us grow and hate your favorite team. A rising tide floats all boats, so go check them out online and on social go to sportsdrink.org or open Instagram and type in at S-P-R-T-S D-R-N-K spelled like Sports Drink without the vowels oh got awful. it got it got it 33 center field Marsh leaps and he got it. Is it normally? High fly ball. Deep left field. Oh, 27. Does it again. This year. Oh. Wall sends it well out to left center field. And it's gone. He wins it. Jared. Way diving catch. Joe This is Brandon Marsh the Los Angeles Angels Baseball. You listen to All Angels oh, Podcasts. And welcome to another edition of the All Angels Podcast. I am your host, Dan Garcia, and we are live on Instagram. So if you don't know by now, make sure you follow us on Instagram. That's at Halo underscore Haven. Again, that's at Halo underscore Haven and on Instagram and on Twitter. But like I said before, we are live right now on Instagram Live. So as we wait for people to come up and ask questions about this uh, spring training, we are now... A full couple weeks away from opening day. Actually, two weeks of two weeks away from when I am recording is when opening day is happening. And I, for one, am extremely, extremely excited that opening day is right around the corner. You can finally see it. You can finally see it coming around the corner. And uh, this would be a really interesting season for the Angels. I truly believe that. So, before we get into the Q and A part of this podcast and like i said we are on instagram live halo underscore haven we're going to do this from time to time um, before we get to the questions that people posted on there i'm going to go over some quick little notes that has happened since last time we talked so obviously some of the bigger news that happened since last time we talked um with rhett bollinger from mlb.com is that archie bradley and ryan to to have officially signed with the angels now Details of the contract has come out. Archie Bradley's one year for three point seven five million. Unfortunately, both of these moves had to be done with DFAing players that are or, that are on the forty man roster. So for Archie Bradley, the person that had be DFA'd was Paki Naughton. And if you remember, Paki Naughton got a little bit of a taste of MLB last year when uh, you saw a lot of young pitchers, a lot of. Um, different pitchers come up because of injury and just honestly, the angels weren't really in it, but he came up a little bit, did okay. Not great. Still again, very, very young, but unfortunately he did get claimed by St. Louis. So packing is going to St. Louis, wish him the best of luck again with these business moves, with these trades and these signings, you know, people had to be moved around a little bit. Uh, Ryan to got signed for two years, 14 million. So seven uh, per year, obviously, and, uh, Kyle Tyler or Kyle Taylor, sorry, got DFA. would And if I remember correctly, he got picked up by Boston. So unfortunately, both those guys are out of, are out of the organization to other organizations. So again, wishing them the best of luck, but the angels were able to, to sign two very good pitchers out of the bullpen. That is, um, here to hopefully bolster the bullpen, um, a lot better than last year. So uh, that was kind of the big news going into the be- end of last week after we talked to uh, Rhett Bollinger from MLB.com. And I suggest if you have not listened to that podcast from last week to definitely go check it out. A lot of great information, a lot of um, inside details in there. And and I, and I said it last week and I really mean it too. And it's going to be really interesting to see how this goes, how the press how the media is going to be able to cover this season. Um, it's going to be able to be, you know, more face to face than it has in the last couple of years due to COVID. So um, when Rhett was on, he kind of talked about how they found out about Griffin Canning's injury and how severe that is um, by going up to him, not necessarily waiting for the angels to release a press, um, a press release or waiting for a, Uh, are waiting for Madden to say something. They are actually able to go up and talk to players and and pick their brain about stuff. Alana Hicks, Austin Warren's mother, hello, how are you? Um, Again, All Angels Podcast is also on Halo, at Halo underscore Haven on Instagram. We are doing a Instagram live. So obviously, last time we talked was the Thursday before the first spring training game. There's been a you know, obviously a week or so of games going on a week or so of minor league games going on. I am not one to get into details as far as win losses, who's doing good, who's doing not. Um, so if you're one of the people that like to kind of get into the numbers, I, I wouldn't really recommend it. And I say this every year around this time, there's a lot of things that goes on in spring training, especially on the pitching side, you know, um, maybe a pitch pitchers working on a certain on a on a certain pitch on a certain sequence and they're going to work that a lot more than they will in any other you know game situation so they might get lit up for trying out a new pitch like a slider or a changeup that they might not use as much in the game so i don't like to look at too much at stats when it comes to spring training i don't like to really even look at pitch selection during spring training because like i mentioned it could be something as simple as hey i've been working on this grip on a changeup. i want to try it in a game situation so they try it they try it, and maybe they overdo it just because they want to get used to the grip so again numbers and stats aren't necessarily um i, I don't actually think uh that's too important but at least we're able now to see patrick sandoval go out there shohei going to be on there um you know, and I think the biggest thing for guys like that is how do they feel the next day, the next two days? How do they bounce back? I think that is the biggest question when you see pitchers, position players, whoever in spring training is how do they rebound um, for the next days and, and, you know, obviously weeks uh After that. So obviously we were recording this on Thursday. You probably listened to this on Friday. Hopefully you guys are headed out to Tempe in the car listening to this because Shohei will be making a start on Saturday, which lines him up. Jeff Fletcher from the OC Register did a little math in his head. And by the time you listen to this, Joe Maddon might actually already announce who the opening day starter is. But with Otani starting on Saturday, it it does line him up pretty well you know, almost guaranteed at this point to be the opening day starter, which is really, really cool, and I think um, well-deserved. I think there's not an Angel fan out there that doesn't think that's well-deserved for Otani to not only pitch, but hit in the opening day game. Some new rules that have come up, and some of these questions of the new rules have uh, have been asked on here. Again, I put out there on our Instagram halo underscore haven questions that you the fans might want to know my opinion on or maybe more clarification on something that's happened in the news with angels or this baseball in general. So obviously the new rules is something big coming up. One of the very first things that is a I guess a new role and was asked on here is how do I feel about the ghost runner? Um, and then if you're not familiar with that, last year, and I believe the 2020 season as well, the Ghost Runner is, once you hit extra innings, um, the top of the 10th, you have a runner start on second base. It's also, I believe, called the International Extra Innings Rule. Um, something, again, that started in the COVID year to make sure that games don't go 15, 16, 17 innings. I, myself, I enjoy it. I enjoy it. I, I, I understand why people don't like it. But, you know, for Angel fans, for just baseball fans in general, I don't think it's worth going 16 innings, 17 innings, even if it's a win, 17 innings and burning your bullpen for the next week, next two weeks. Um, I believe in 2019, if I remember the year correctly, or 2018, that's exactly what happened to the Angels. They had a really long game with Baltimore, used all their pitchers. I think they had to use Griffin Canning, which was scheduled to be like the next day's starting pitcher in that game. And it just seemed like for a long stretch, they were never able to recover. And that's obviously something that it's great if you pick up a win in that situation, but it can definitely do you harm down the line. So as far as the ghost runner rule that is back, I myself am a fan. Good. You have nine innings to get it done. If you do not get it done in nine innings. Um, yeah. Then we need something to kind of get it going. But uh, I, I like it. I don't, I don't mind it. I know a lot of traditionalists quote unquote and traditionalists don't like it, but I'm okay with it Uh, for the month of April. And if you've been listening to this podcast pretty much since the lockout started, I mentioned this is probably going to be a big, not a big thing, but that I mentioned this is probably going to happen that the 26 man roster will be expanded to 28 men for the month of April. So I believe there's a question on here as I search, um, what do I think the Angels – here it is, I believe. Yes. How do you see the Angels filling out the ro- roster now that it's expanded? Um, again, it's only two spots, so it's not like a huge expansion. It's not like back in the days when you had a 40-man uh, September call-ups and you get the, everyone on the 40-man roster get brought up. So it's not – obviously, that's two spots. Obviously, I think the majority of the teams, if not all the teams, are going to use that on pitching – and that's the main reason why they brought the 20-man roster back for the month of April is to give these pitchers, starting pitchers especially, time to get more um, innings underneath them with the short and spring training. So I definitely feel that you'll see a couple bullpen arms, maybe one bullpen arm, maybe one extra starter that can give you long relief in um, uh, in certain situations. Jaime Barea, who is out of options, is probably, more than likely going to make the team out of camp so he can be that guy that could be the sixth guy in the rotation or even a long man so um you have a bunch of guys maybe this is detmers coming up maybe this is detmers opportunity to be um the sixth man or like i said the long guy for that situation if a pitcher uh you know it's very likely you might see a starting pitcher if it's not with the angels but with just in baseball those first couple weeks get his pitch count up to 60 something pitches. And it it might be like the third inning and he might only be able to go four innings. That'd be a great time to have a, you know, starter that's converted into like a, a, a long reliever for that month. Um, don't be surprised if you see that. That's honestly what I think the angels will do. And a lot of teams will do when they expand the rosters to 28 for the month of April is just honestly get another pitcher. Um, another two pitchers in there for, uh, that purpose so another huge rule that came out that I guess should now be known as the Ohtani rule and that is if you remember last year whenever Ohtani pitched and hit in the same game if Joe Madden wanted to use him for one more at bat say that pitcher spot was due up third or second in the next inning but he was done on the mound you would have Shohei shift out to the outfield for that half an inning and then come up, get that bat, then you're good. Then you can kind of go back to um, the pitching stuff. So now with the new rule that both the MLB and the MLBPA agreed upon, which is weird to hear that in a sense that MLB and MLBPA uh, agreed upon, is that pitchers can remain DHs after, he's, after they're done pitching um through the life of this CBA so for at least five years that's great that means you don't have to worry about putting Otani out in left field right field whatever you can keep him as a DH after he's done pitching which means in a game like he had in New York where he got lit up unfortunately it was his worst outing of the year I believe he you know I don't even know if he got out of the third inning but he would be at least be able to stay in as a DH at that point and at least contribute that way, um, but that is a great rule for 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 the Angels. It's a league-wide rule, even though I'm not sure how many teams are really going to take advantage of it, like the Angels will. Like you know, I'm sure there's some other two-way guys that eventually might be able to use it. That are you know coming up in the system, but to be able to use it as much or as efficiently as the Angels are going to be able with Otani, I don't think that's really going to. Um, I don't think that's really going to affect any other team but the Angels. But, again, that's great. Another thing that helps the Angels right now, I think um, the Angels really do need help wherever they can get it. They made some great adjustments. I put out on Instagram the grades of this. I asked you about the grades of this offseason. We're going to get to it probably towards the end. But, um, yeah, you know, They've done some things. I don't think they're done, so any little thing helps. Um, you know, I, Yeah, I think no matter what, it, it'll, it'll help the Angels. On here, that will work for Michael Lorenzen too. Yes, but that means you're going to have to take Shohei out of the lineup for Michael Lorenzen the bat. Michael Lorenzen might be able to hit. He's not going to be able to hit as well as Otani, and that's the thing. Your pitcher has to be better than your DH. Michael Lorenzen is not a DH. He is a pitcher that can hit. But you're, you're not you're not going to take him out. You're not going to take Otani out to put Michael Lorenzen as the pitcher slash DH in that game. That would be absolutely crazy unless um, something's up with with unless something's up with Shohei and he can't bat. But um, it doesn't really matter. Maybe that's something you see. Maybe a pitch hits. I don't know. But Michael Lorenzen being a two way hitter is not going to happen with the Angels this year unless something happens with Shohei and he can't be a DH. Uh, you know, he might have a great, he might, he might, he might be able to be the second best pitcher hitting pitcher in baseball, but you're not going to put the second best pitch hitting pitcher in baseball over Otani because he is the best hitting pitcher in baseball. Um, so that works out for Shohei. Again, I don't see really any other team using that rule, but those are pretty much the rules that came out earlier this week. Um, as is, again, the season is two weeks away, guys, two weeks away. I don't know about you, But I am really excited for the season, especially when you look back and see that, man, we didn't even know if we're going to get the season at this point. We didn't even think we're going to, you know, at what point was the season going to start? That was the biggest question for fans, and I'm sure probably some players too, is when is the season going to start? And we know April 7th, Angel Stadium against the Houston Astros. So it's so great now that you can put in your calendar This is what's going to happen on this day, on this night, and you have it from that point on, you know, hopefully all the way into October. But definitely really, really great to see. So a little bit of news that actually broke right before we started recording, maybe a couple hours before we started recording, was um, obviously one of the questions I got on here earlier this this week was about Max Dassey. He was one of the guys that um, actually – got a deal done to avoid arbitration earlier this week. And some questions came out to, um, ask what's his long-term future with the angels him. This being his last year of arbitration. Well, like I mentioned a couple hours before I started the podcast, this news broke and this is really good for the angels. I feel Max Dassey with the angels on a three year contract, um, extension. So Stassi will earn $3 million this year, which is uh, he got in the arbitration hearing or pre-arbitration hearing before that he went there. Um, he's going to make $7 million in 2023, $7 million again in 2024, and a club option for 2025 at $7.5 million, or a buyout of 500000 So for now, Max Stassi is the Angels catcher um, of the kind of future. Um, if you've been following like kind of like the minor league system, there's not really a catcher that is set to be the guy. Um, but yeah, it's great to see Max Stassi get, get a multi-year deal. Um, I'm sure going into this season, him not having to worry about his future, um, is, is probably a lot off his plate, which is really, really good for Max Stassi. And again, that happened just A little while ago, I believe the Angels posted it around 5.30 on Thursday. So, yeah, it's great. I'm happy for him. Uh, And, and again, hopefully this means he's able to concentrate on the season and not have to worry about a contract, not have to worry about where he is going to play next year. Uh, Dylan adds, just need better backup, not Suzuki. I'm in agreement with that. I don't know how that happened i guess he's a great um a great guy in the locker room which i guess means something but when it comes down to getting results on the field yeah i don't know necessarily if Suzuki is that guy for sure so going along with some of the questions we have um and this one's like won't angels add any starting pitching so there was a report coming out earlier Um, this week, and I believe the angel says something along the lines that, um, they are pretty content with what they have starting or team wise. And if they were going to add anything, it would be in the starting pitching market. But at the same time, two of your three, actually, if you think about it, um, and this kind of came out on the 22nd with uh, Luis Castillo, a guy, a pitcher that many, many Angel fans want to see in Anaheim through a trade. Um, but he looks like he's going to miss a start of the season uh, with some shoulder soreness, which, again, it's I think it's kind of typical right now with the shortened spring training. But that might be a guy that's not on the radar for the Angels right now. Could it be maybe the trade deadline if the Angels are competing? Yeah, but if you're looking for something, um, you know, obviously before the season starts, I don't know trade-wise if you're going to be able to find anything. Um, on top of that, came out that that the A's do look like they're going to hold on to their two starters that they have right now, uh, Frankie Montas and Sean Manaya, which, you know, would help the Angels. Even if the Angels didn't get one of these two guys, if both of the guys got traded out of the division – That would help the Angels tremendously. But now that it looks like they're staying in the division for a little while, um, obviously that's going to hurt the Angels. Um, You would hope that they would be able to pick them up. The Angels would. But as of right now, it does not look like the two starters from Oakland are going to be on the move. They're going to stay in Oakland. And uh, like I mentioned, that helps the A's. They're going to be in games now, even though they might have traded away their two best bats, those two guys pitching wise can keep them in some games, get a lucky bounce here, get a lucky bounce there. Um, they might be able to win a handful more games than they would have before. Hopefully that's not against the angels, but um, we definitely could use that help. But unfortunately it looks like those two pitchers from the A's are going to hold Pat where they're at. Going into another question, um, that we have, um, and this one's pretty simple about grading our rotation as it stands right now, again, kind of piggybacking off the last statement I was talking about with, um, uh, the non-trading of the ace pitchers or even the Cincinnati Reds pitchers going into the season. So right now, tentatively, I mean, you can kind of put your best, um, Detective hat on, but as it sits right now, your starting rotation looks something like Otani, Sandoval, Syndergaard, Suarez, Lorenzen, and then for that sixth spot, you have you can have Detmers, Berea, Junk, um, Canning when he comes back off the IL. So there's a lot of little stuff to mess to mess with that. Our rotation in my eyes still is the weak point in this on this team. You have Otani on the top of the line top of the rotation, which fingers crossed he is the same Otani as last year. And I've been saying this on a couple podcasts, on this one, on some other ones I've been on. You know, it's hard for me. I hope it happens, but it's hard for me to guarantee that Otani's gonna be what he was last year, just because What we saw as fans, what we saw as Angels um, supporters was historic. So historic. It has never been done before. Um, So how possible is it to have two seasons back-to-back of something historic, historic like that? You know it's not going to happen forever. You hope it happens for the next two, three, four years. But with the, the amount of stress he's going to be put on his arm and it's just his body in general, how, how long can that body take? And that's what worries me. Sandoval took a huge step last year, absolutely balled out last year. And, again, you kind of hope that he continues to do that. Noah Syndergaard, and this is a huge question mark for me too. Dude pitched four innings last year, none in 2020. So you're talking about the last two years he's pitched like four innings. He's going to be on some kind of pitch count. I don't think they necessarily said it yet, but it's going to be really, really hard for me to believe that Noah Syndergaard isn't going to be on some kind of innings limit, pitch count, something like that. So how much are you going to get out of them? Granted, Syndicard being on a one-year deal, he's gonna want to go out there. So even if it's a little bit, even if he's bugging a little bit, he's still gonna want to go out there and get his numbers to get a, a deal done next year with the Angels or without the Angels. That relationship with Syndicard is it's mutually beneficial. Angels need pitching. Syndicard needs somewhere where he can reestablish his value in the free agent market for next year. Suarez again took another step up last year. Probably not as big as Sandoval. I think Sandoval, about all the pitchers last year that were young. I think Sandoval definitely took the biggest step, but Suarez did a really good job last year too. Lorenzen again, another another guy that uh, was brought onto the Angels pre-lockout. Interested to see how he comes to the Angels. A lot of talk about him being able to work multiple pitches now, not so heavy in a certain pitch on a certain count. He's able to mix it up more. So I'm really interested to see how that goes. And again, now the sixth spot. Detmer's Berea junk. Berea, like I mentioned before, out of options. Meaning, if you're not if you're not sure what that means, that is if at the end of camp you want he's not good enough, he's you don't think he's he can break the rotation or even come out of the bullpen, and you want to send him down to AAA, you have to put him on waivers first to let other teams have a chance to pick them up, so you have a real, real chance of losing them there without any kind of compensation. So with that, I think he makes the roster. I think he gets the first shot at being a six-man in the rotation. Um, Detmers again, great job last year. Great job, got his feet wet. I personally thought it was early just because I think the injuries made him do it. It wasn't necessarily. Um, He's worked his way up. He's ready to do it. I think the injuries did it, but he came up, had really good um, outings. you know. But we'll see what happens. But I can definitely see uh, Detmers and Junk starting the year out in A. But with the expanded roster, like I said earlier, maybe Detmers comes up for that first month and is able to prove himself that way. Um, but we'll see what happens. You know, Bray. I think... Jaime Bregg gets that sixth spot. I think Detmers is probably in the rotation or in the mix during that uh, expansion part of the, of April. But I just don't know if he, unless he absolutely balls out, I don't know how um, Detmers is going to do. I think you send him to AAA, let him get a bunch of innings there, let him develop more there. And, you know, if he's a late addition because of a injury, then you feel better about yourself. But, you know, I think. When you talk about depth about this rotation, if you have an injury to Suarez, Lorenzen, or someone like that, I think there's there's guys there that can fill that spot and fill that spot um, well. But if you get an injury that's long term to a Shohei or to a Sandoval, I am not a hundred percent convinced that we have a guy that can be plugged in and do as well or close to that close to that. You know, I think depth is going to be a really, really big issue starting pitching-wise going into the season with the Angels. Again, only two starting pitchers got signed with by the Angels this year, Noah Syndergaard and Michael Lorenzen. You um, lost Alex Cobb. I feel like Alex Cobb, Lorenzen, you know, as of right now, I always say that's a net loss for the Angels. I think Cobb probably would have done better in the rotation than Lorenzen, but he's out, I believe, in San Francisco right now. But Noah Syndergaard is a big question mark. If you get anything close to Syndergaard uh, 2017, 2018, 2019, you get anything close to that, that's going to be a huge, huge addition to the Angels. It's just I don't know if that's the guy yet. Um, Someone asked, so Syndergaard is not coming back even even if he does good. I don't know. I don't know what Syndergaard wants to do. I don't know if Syndergaard came to the Angels because that was maybe the only – offer that fit his idea of what he wanted to do or if he just really liked coming to Anaheim. I don't know. But you would think the Angels are gonna be in, in talks with him, but I, I wouldn't say it's a slam dunk that Syndergaard comes back to the Angels if it was if he does well. Um you're thinking about next year you can even push you know, you push a little bit ahead. You know, if you bring back Cindergard, you're 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 gonna have Detmers or some of these other guys be kind of held back a little bit you know, Bachman, where's he going to fit in all this? He's probably going to make some kind of uh, an appearance um, in the bullpen this year, I would think later this year or, or next year out of the rotation. Um, so, you know, w- that's something to, down the line, but I think Syndergaard is far from a slam dunk if he does well with the Angels. But, you know, pitching the pitching staff needs, uh, you know, hopefully everyone takes up takes a step forward. And I think that's the biggest thing the Angels need. Everyone needs to take a step forward. No one can really regress. Angels can't afford any kind of regression, especially out of their young pitchers. Let me talk about our next sponsor, ColorCast. ColorCast is a live, audio-only sports talk platform. Free to download and free to use. Talk to fans, athletes, and interact in real time. Perfect for watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns, and reacting to breaking news. Share your own experiences on the app. All you need to do is download the ColorCast app free in the iOS app store, create a profile, and link your Twitter. That's all. Come with your spectacular takes. Let me talk about Athletic Greens real quick. I take Athletic Greens. It is something that I take every morning, and guess what? It's easy to drink, which for me, that's number one. It's not like all your other vitamin powders that have that real earthy taste to it this is very easy to drink which makes it easy for me to take every day all it takes is a single scoop in water every day cold water that's it no need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health to make it easy athletic greens is going to give you a full year supply for free with your first purchase that's immune supporting vitamin d and five travel packs with your first purchase all you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash sports drink. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash sports drink to take your ownership of your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutrition insurance. Again, going through these uh, questions, one on here. Uh, what's going on with tree Obviously, Thai Buttry. Retired at the beginning of the 2020 season, um, right as, I believe it was right as, um, right as the team broke for the start of the season, he got, uh, optioned to AAA, uh, then shortly after he retired, announced his retirement, you know, saying lack of motivation that, um, he wasn't happy doing it, but over the year, over doing some, uh, some charity work, he kind of got that flame again, got, got that, um, itch to come back again. And so he has come back to the angels. He has reported with the angels, but the angels have not activated him on that restrictive list. They put him on once he, when he retired last year. So what that means for the angels is that from the day he reported, which, um, obviously was, what, like a week ago, week and a half ago. Um, they have 30 days to either A, activate him, put him on the 40-man roster, which would mean, for Butchery, which would mean you would have to make a roster move. You would have to DFA someone from the 40-man roster to put Buttry on there because since he's on the restricted list, he does not count towards the 40-man roster. And when some of these guys were getting DFA'd to make rooms for the bullpen additions, I, I would see people say... Um, You know, why not Buttry, And the, the result is he's not technically on the 40-man roster right now, so you can't DFA him. But the Angels have to make that decision third, you know, by the beginning of April at least. So with that, we'll see what happens. But because he's on that restrictive list, you will not see Buttry in any spring training games. He cannot participate in major league spring training games. So you will only see him – um, bullpen session-wise, minor league backfield games, those were the only places Buttry can can pitch right now until the Angels either activate him or I'm guessing DFA him. I don't know what the alternative is. I don't know if they just lose him outright or they DFA him, take him off the 40-man roster, and everyone else has a clean shot at him. So I don't know what the alternative is. So something to look out for, but the Angels do have until the beginning of April to kind of figure out what they are going to do with Ty Butchery if they feel comfortable with him coming into this bullpen rotation and making an impact like he did in uh, 2018, which was probably his best year as an angel, um, or 2019. So definitely see how that, uh, plays out. But again, he's going to have to do better than another guy on that 40 man, um, 40-man roster to make room because, again, even though when he retired, he was on the 40-man roster, right now he does not count toward the 40-man roster, and they're going to have to make some kind of moves, which means another DFA, another possibility of losing someone else. So something to look out for coming into the next couple weeks, um, if he's going to be a part of this bullpen or not. I mean, this bullpen is shaping up to be a really great part of this team. But what does scare me, and someone mentioned it on here, that the bullpen is going to be very solid, and it is. It is. But we've seen it before, not only with the Angels, but you've seen it before with other teams. A great bullpen can turn into an average bullpen real quick if you overuse them. And with some of the pitching issues, starting pitching issues, that I'm afraid the Angels might have, you might have the best bullpen for the first two, three months of the year. But when it comes down to the last month and a half of the season – how are they gonna be? How are they gonna hold up? If they are overused in the beginning of the season, that lockdown bullpen can turn to an average bullpen really quickly. You have some guys in there that are older, you have some guys in there that are 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 brand new, that who knows how many innings they can give you, how many high stressed innings they can give you over a season. We saw Austin Warren, we see. We saw Andrew Watts last year do really good jobs as their first taste of Major League Baseball. But now this is going to be a full year, you would think, for those guys. And for someone like um, Austin Warren, who can be put in high leverage situations, I don't know if the Angels are going to do that, but he can be. He proved himself he can be. How much can he do? How far has he, thro- has he tested himself? And that's the big thing, too is how far are you willing to push this young kid when you don't know what his limit is because he's never done anything really like this before. So you hope that in the beginning of the year, the Angels are able to get good innings out of their starting pitchers. You're hoping the the starting pitchers are going six innings, seven innings. Um, You're hoping someone like a Sandoval can go nine innings and and almost have a no-hitter. You're hoping Suarez can go seven and two thirds innings and, and give these bullpen guys some, um, some rest. Cause you're right. This bullpen is locked down, but I want to see, I want to see this bullpen fully healthy in late August and September, because that's when it's really going to come down to cl- crunch, crunch time. And by then, you might have Griffin Canning back to give you some kind of innings there too as a starter or maybe out of the bullpen too. You see how it all plays out. Like I mentioned before, you might have Bachman here in the in, in the bullpen as well. So there's a lot of options I feel that are going to be available down the line. But the first couple months of the season, innings-wise, I think is going to be very, very crucial for this bullpen. You hope it's in, like a normal kind of usage, a normal kind of start to the season. Um but that's what worries me with this with this starting rotation is that they're not going to be able to eat up innings like we hope. Uh, on here on our Instagram live, again, Halo underscore Haven. Uh, talking about Chris Rodriguez, what happened to C-Rod? He actually had surgery at the end of last season. I think after the season was over on his shoulder, I believe. So he is on the 60-day DL Uh him coming back this year is still up in the air. When the surgery happened at the end of last year, the first reports out were that he wasn't going to pitch at all this year because by the time it heals, he goes into rehab. He actually starts pitching off a mound. It was going to be very late into the season, and the Angels didn't see a need to rush him back for a guy that has had injury issues in the past. So Chris Rodriguez – Even though I agree with PJ3117 on Instagram, very high ceiling. But you have to make sure that he is healthy before you put him out there again next year. Um, So, again, another guy that can be competing for a starting spot. Or if the Angels do feel like he's an injury-prone type of guy, maybe they do um, make him think about the bullpen. And with Iglesias there for, uh, for, you know, three four years now. With Warren, with um, you know Archie Bradley's only one year deal, so I don't know where he'll be next year. I believe though, uh, Tapera and Loop have multi year deals with the Angels, so those guys you would think will be back. But then you add Chris Rodriguez into the mix there, and you've seen what he did last year out of the bullpen, absolutely. Absolutely electric stuff coming out of the bullpen. So it's definitely something to look out for at the end of this year into next year. But some more news that came out earlier this this week on uh I believe it was Twitter. Um I forgot exactly who uh who 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 tweeted it out, but it was one of the reporters, and they're talking about some of the guys that the angels were looking at and if i can find that question on here uh oh here it is was what do you think about the news with it wasn't jd mark they put jd martinez down but i do not believe it was jd martinez they were looking at it. it was jd um i believe it was like jd davis was a guy um trey mancini and um voight before before he signed today Um, Angels were kind of poking around before they made a decision to to use that money on Ryan Tapera, and said, what that means to me is that the angels are looking for first base depth for first base help. Um, Walsh is definitely going to start the year there, but, and have an opportunity to prove himself. But I think the angels are possibly going to be looking to platoon him if he struggles against lefties again, Um, begin the year he did he did good he did all right he did average against lefties but it seemed like as the year went on he got worse against lefties still killed righties did great against righties but as the season went on he struggled more and more with lefties so it does seem to me that they are looking for some kind of help against lefties at the first base position and with that being said some news came out that Justin Upton will possibly be taking um, or working out, I should say, at first base um, and um you know obviously, he's kind of the big question mark this season, I feel going into the year. Where is he going to play? what is his role going to be? what is um, uh, this season? I, and I don't know. I you know, obviously I think Upton is a platoon guy now. I can see him, him platooning at first base if it works out. I can see him platooning out in um, left field with with Marsh. Marsh also had some struggles with lefties last season, but obviously with the contract that Upton is making, and I talked about this a little bit with Red last week on the podcast. You know, Upton's going to have a chance to prove himself. Upton's going to have a chance to sh- to prove that he can contribute to this team. Now, obviously, first base would help him um, stay healthy. You know, obviously nowhere near as, as physically demanding as an outfield position, even if it is left field. So that's going to be interesting to see if he does, if he goes there with that. But Upton is definitely going to have a chance to prove himself this year. And it also shows that, you know, I don't necessarily know how long their leashes is going to be with Jared Walsh against lefties. If he comes out and struggles against them off the bat, um, this team is definitely going to have to be offensive-minded. Um, I think that's what they want to do. Obviously, a lot of hype with uh, Otani, uh, Trout, Rendon um, going one, two, three, or possibly being one, two, three in the lineup. So um, they want to put runs up on the board. But if if Wall struggles against lefties, they might make a move at another. Uh, another guy in that situation too, Taylor Ward. He seems to be having a really good spring so far, has proven time and time again that he is a capable player. Put him at first, maybe he platoons with Walsh at first base or even left field with Marsh. Like he has played both positions before. I don't think he is overly great at defensively at either one of them, and so you might sacrifice a little there, but neither is Upton. So it might be something that you play the hotter hand when it comes to something like that. We'll have to kind of wait and see, but Taylor Ward is also making a very good push for being on this team once camp breaks. And I'm not, I, I think he's out of options too. He might have one left. So he might have to be a guy that makes a team and might be a utility guy off the bench. But we'll have to, again, we'll have to wait and see with that. Um, thoughts on Mike Trout and in in center field. I've I've and I've said this since last year when he got injured and the whole first reports of him possibly moving out of center field happened. Mike Trout's going to dictate when Mike Trout moves out of center field. And as an angel organization who has failed to put a substantial team around him consistently, they owe him that they owe him that to kind of go out on his sword. Um, if Mike Trout wants to play center field from now until he needs a wheelchair in his nineties or whatever, then the angels owe it to him to do that. I don't think Mike's that guy though. I think Mike is going to be the guy where he will play at a high level at center field. And I think he'll be real with himself when that time happens where he feels he can no longer cover as much ground as he should. But As he is the multi-time MVP, Mr. Angel to a lot of people, Mike Trout, you let him be center field until he (laughs) does not want to be center field anymore. And when he's ready to move on, you have the perfect guy to fill in that spot with Brandon Marsh, who proved it last year as his very first year in the majors, that he can play center field at a very high level. I think... Brandon Marsh right now is a better center fielder defensively than 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 Mike Trout, but you have to get Mike Trout his due, and you have to let him make that decision for himself. You can't put that on him. And for Mike Trout, I didn't talk about this with Red. I, I probably should have. But for Mike Trout to find out about them, quote unquote, possibly moving him out of center field through Twitter, you know that is not great. That is absolutely BS. You have to have better communications there. And, and I, you know, obviously I think that comes down to Madden and Perry, you have to know if these conversations are have are, are you're having with multiple, multiple people around, something's going to get leaked. Everything gets leaked. You have to be proactive and you have to let Mike know you're having this idea. So we'll have to see what happens with that. But Mike Trout has definitely earned the spot to um, make that decision. So a little bit more on some roster moves before I get the grade, the grades of this postseason or this offseason uh, that you guys voted on on our Instagram. What do you think about Jack uh, Mayfield because he was hot last year and he can't platoon well? He unfortunately might be the odd man out for a couple reasons a uh, and i think probably the biggest reason is he has options left so if you look at the roster right now for the angels and that infield spot is a huge question mark that um who's going to play short who's going to play second obviously fletcher is going to be one of those spots but who, depending on who is the other guy it's going to matter where fletcher plays so Red Bollinger, obviously past guest of the podcast, put out an article today on MLB.com talking about this, talking about the middle infield is still up in the air. And he goes through it and talks about pretty much every option the Angels have at that position that's going to be next to um, Fletcher. Obviously, they've, they signed Matt Duffy um, for a one-year deal, $1.5 million. He is... Out of all the options, I think the best hitting option when it comes to average, extra base hits, um, getting on base, not striking out, he's the best option for that. And if he is the guy, he will be second base. You would move, obviously, Fletcher to shortstop. But a guy that I am really interested in, because I do feel like if everyone's healthy, Angels will have plenty of offense to compete with any team in the majors, with that being said, um, uh, excuse me, uh, Andrew Velasquez, the 27-year-old um, the Angels claimed or got from the Yankees earlier this year or last year on November 7th, he is not hitting well. That's kind of what held him back last year with the Yankees is that his lack of offensive production. But he is very good and probably the best defensive option um, for for the Angels. And if the Angels are looking to make that second spot next to Fletcher defensive first, defensive uh, priority, then Andrew's going to be the guy there. Andrew's going to be the guy playing shortstop at a very good level, definitely better than the, what the Angels had last year, and then you're going to have Fletcher go to second base. But, again, you have to hope that everyone else around him picks him up offensively because he has struggled offensively with the limited action he had with New York and, um, you know, obviously this spring. But defensively, if the Angels want to go defensive first, you can go Andrew, and he will do a wonderful job. Another guy that's an option, um, Tyler Wade. Another guy they got from the Yankees last year, he is definitely the speedster of it, and I think a lot of people – like him at that spot. I don't think he starts. I think he is definitely a platoon guy, off the bench, pitch run guy, um, off the bench. And listen, he ha- he's been doing really good this spring training. But like I said at the beginning of this podcast, I don't take too much stock into spring training stats. You hope you get out there. You hope to get um, work, and you hope to stay healthy. You hope to sharpen your skills. But you know the effort of the other guys is in my eyes always going to be in question when it comes to spring training. I think Taylor Wade is going full go as hard as he can right now which is good for him. But my question is once everyone else around him defensively and pitchers around him do and they they figure out how to pitch to him is it still going to translate well? You know, he's laying down bunts, running them out, great. But what's the effort on the guys crashing on those bunts? No one's going to go full go if they feel like it could cause an injury. So even though I think he's done a really, really good job, I think Wade is going to make the team, but I think he's going to be a uh, pitch runner type that can play multiple positions. He played shortstop last year, third base last year, second base last year, the outfield last year. He's the guy that, Madden loves having it on the bench that can give anyone and everyone a day off when need be. Um, and then obviously you have Luis Ranjifo, who's still to me, surprisingly only 25 years old. I feel like he's older because maybe just because he's been with the Angels forever, but Luis Ranjifo is also in the mix, 25 years old, but I think he starts his season out in Triple A because he does have um, more options. You can send him down A and not have to worry about losing him. So, um, I talked to a couple of people today and, it, and, it's, and it's truly up in the air. I talked to a couple of different people. They both give me two totally different responses when it comes to who they think is going to be in that middle infield spot. One person said um, Andrew Velasquez, the other person thought it was going to be Matt Duffy. So, obviously, Madden has not made an official decision yet and might not make an f- official decision until the week of opening day. So,. We'll see how that goes, but the Angels definitely do have spots. It's going to depend on what they want. If they want defensive first, offensive first, more of a well-rounded guy. Um, But it does seem like they have a guy that fits every single spot. Um, um, People asked, too, about uh, Michael Stefanik. He's done a really great job in AAA. He is not on the 40-man roster right now. So, again, it's one of those question marks. Um, Do you bring him up and risk losing him, or do you let him – be in AAA, and if injuries push him, if injuries um, uh, need him to come up, then you do it then. So um, we'll see how that plays out with the infield this year and and obviously in the next couple weeks. So I put up on Instagram uh, last night, and for the most part it looks like the Angels are done making off-season moves, you know, they might sign a pitcher here, they might sign a pitcher there, starting pitcher here and there. But as far as impact players, it seems like the Angels are done. So I put up on our Instagram, um, how would you grade this off-season with, again, opening day being two weeks away? And this is the results. Running away with uh, the winner – would be a B grade, 65%. Second place is a C grade at 19%. A being in third place with 13%. D or F, 3%. So obviously the vast, vast majority of people said a B for this offseason for the Angels. And on the picture, I, I, I post some of the guys that they signed this year. Obviously, um all of them being the pitching type and uh besides Matt Duffy, but um not surprised that it was a B. I personally picked C, a C grade. If I had options, if that was able to put more options, I probably would have leaned more towards like a C plus, B minus, just because of the fact I do think that there's a lot of questions still around the starting rotation. And for as good as this bullpen is right now, like I mentioned before. If this bullpen gets worn down and by the end of the season has been put through a lot, it's, it's not going to matter that they were locked down at the beginning of the year because they're, they're going to be really stressed out towards the end of the year. We really The Angels really need to have a really good start of the season with their starting pitchers as far as getting um, fairly deep into games and not overusing this bullpen that has the potential of being one of the best bullpens in baseball. But like I said, you look at like inherited runners as a stat last year, you look at which teams were the best when it comes to inherited runners. Cause let's be honest, ERA is great for stuff and you can, it looks pretty and stuff like that. But especially as a reliever, I like to look at as inherited runners Because most of the time, these guys are coming in with guys on second, guys on first, guys on third, one out, two outs. Very rarely do you see guys come in with a clean inning. And they might give up a run. But but because it was a guy on base before he came in, it doesn't go against his ERA. So if you look at it at the end of the season, there's a lot of stuff that's missed if you just look at ERA. But if you look at inherited runners, you can kind of see the effectiveness that they had um, in certain situations of not letting a guy score, getting out of a jam, and all that stuff. I don't think it's in a coincidence that, and this is throwing out the Rays. The Tampa Bay Rays, or the way they use the bullpen, it messes all your thoughts up because they use the bullpen so much. But if you throw them out the equation you look at just baseball teams in general, the amount, the, the higher the innings, the more inherited runners it seems like they give up. And like I said, I just feel like the Angels need to have a very good start of the season pitching-wise out of their starters to help keep this possible lockdown bullpen intact for the end of the season. Um, you want to see Loop. You want to see um, Bradley. You want to see Warren at the end of the year healthy, ready to go in a very pivotal game in you know um, September. But if they're overused in – um may that can be a real issue. So um I think it's a C. Definitely don't think it's a A. I think they didn't address shortstop at all. I mean, we're sitting here talking about shortstop. I'm not mad that they didn't get Story who ended up going to Boston or Correa who ended up going to the Twins. I'm not mad about that. But um I still think they probably could have done something to get some uh, some help at that shortstop position and not have this kind of carousel that well, that it looks like it's going to be for the year. Um, Would have loved another starting pitcher that has, again, pitched more than like three innings out of the last two years. It, you know, nothing against Noah Syndergaard. I hope he does well. I am just not sold that he can be the Noah Syndergaard that – a lot of fans are hoping him to be because of the injury and him maybe slow playing the back, being on the innings limit, being on a pitch count. Um, that's going to kind of hinder him a little bit. So definitely like a B minus C plus, in my opinion, I think they could have done more, um, but they did a lot. I mean, they totally revamped the bullpen. They totally revamped a weakness they had last year. And for that, that's why I kind of bumped them up to like a B minus, but you look at other teams in the division. You look at look at other teams in the league. Um, even with that extra playoff spot, you know you look at the AL East alone. Toronto's a lot better. Um, the the Tampa Bay Rays always seem to be in the mix. Um, the Yankees are always going to be in the mix. Um, Boston again with Story, and if they can get some pitching help, they're going to be in the mix. You know, so with three extra play with three wild card spots. It wouldn't surprise me at all if two of those came out of the East. Now the Central, obviously the the White Sox are going to be favorite, um, but we'll have to. There's always a surprise team every year, and does that team come out of the Central? If that's so, then it makes the Wild Card even even harder to compete. And now you look at the West, the Angels division, Astros are going to be there. You know, obviously not having Korea is going to hurt them a little bit, but they went to the world series last year. So obviously there's something there. Um, Seattle got a lot better. Um, you know, Texas added some players, not saying that Texas is going to be the, uh, division winner by any means, but if you're hoping to win a handful of games against Texas or, you know, um, win 12 out of 16 against the Rangers that's probably not going to happen that easily this season they're going to make it difficult more difficult for the Angels fans and make it more difficult for all the other teams in the division so they're, they're not going to be the the doormat as much as they were last year I don't think I still think they're the fourth place team in the division but they're definitely going to be making it really hard for teams to win this year and um, going forward uh, with some of the young guys they have that could be coming up in the next couple years, that's going to be a team that if they continue to spend money, it's going to be a real pain in the angels behind. And that's all going to start about what they did this off season with getting those guys, um Simeon and Seager uh, this off season. So, but two weeks away, guys, two weeks away, opening day, angel stadium. It's going to be a hell of a ride. I do think this season is lining up to be a very fun game or very fun season with a lot of close games. And honestly, I think the angels have what it takes to, to, to win a lot of those close games with the bullpen I mentioned, but you got to hope that this, those games are close, um, you know, late into the game, not close. And then the bullpen has to come in into the fifth game. Uh, question I hear are you going to opening day. I am not, um, because of the schedule conflict and not sure when opening day was, um, I didn't get the time off. Like I normally do normally when the schedule is, is put out so far in advance, it's easy for me to put in, Oh, I want opening day. And normally I put opening day and the day after opening day off. If it's a weekday, just so I can recover. Right. But with opening day being a huge question mark, literally up until like two and a half weeks ago, I, I wasn't able to get the day off. Uh, luckily, it is on a Thursday though, so I am going to try to make it to a Friday, the Friday or Saturday game of opening weekend. So, hopefully, definitely hoping to definitely hoping to check out the Angels that first weekend. But I, I do not think, unless something crazy happens, it will be opening day. But again, you know, I will be here watching it at home. Hopefully, have Chris on the podcast. We might go live right before the game here as. Many of you might be at the game. Many of you might just, again, be at home just waiting for the game to start. Maybe we'll do our own little pregame show. I don't know. But we will definitely be around all season long. And once the season starts, and maybe even next, starting next week, we'll, we'll be doing multiple podcasts during the week. And um, you can always reach out to us about questions, topics, um, anything like that with the podcast, either on our social media, which is at Halo underscore Haven on Twitter and Instagram. Or email us at podcast at gmail.com. Um, both, both ways work. We try to get back to you guys as quick as possible when you um, DM us or email us. But, again, always looking to make this podcast better. Always looking to do a better job for the fans, for you guys, because I really appreciate everything um, um, that you guys do, you know, um, the comments, the likes, the downloads, all that stuff. I really, really appreciate it. And hoping that this season we're able to grow uh, grow bigger and grow better. And hopefully you guys can help us do that by sharing a post with a friend, sharing the podcast with a friend or a family member. Cool story. Um, and hopefully you're listening. Uh, I have a cousin who's a Padres fan. Um, and her husband actually um, gave a coworker who's an Angel fan, information about the podcast. So if you're listening, if you're a new listener, thank you. I uh, really, really appreciate it. And that's how this is going to grow is um, word of mouth, um, telling a buddy, telling a coworker, telling a cousin, whatever. Um, but thank you very much. Again, you can always reach us at podcast at gmail.com or on our social media halo underscore haven. And last thing before I I, I bounce out and there are some more questions coming on our Instagram live for you guys stay on. Once I wrap up here, I will answer some of those questions on Instagram live exclusively. But first thing, uh, David McKinnon, uh, first baseman. He was on the trash pandas last year on the, uh, and been in the angels organization for a really long time. First baseman, um, uh, just had a baby boy. Congratulations to him um again he was on the trash pandas last year you might have seen him at inland empire when he was here but just had a baby boy not not a couple days ago so congratulations to him second thing i was a guest on the top of the lineup podcast um earlier this week came out when did it come out we recorded monday i think it came out tuesday or wednesday but um definitely check it out. I talk about the angels. I talk about the CB, uh, the collective bargain agreement and all that stuff and how I would love to see baseball itself changed. Um, I even talk about a little bit how I would love to see the angels change. Um, but definitely check that out. That's top of the lineup, um, podcast anywhere you get this podcast. So definitely check out those guys. If you're on uh, Instagram, um, I posted a story with their information in it. Make sure you click on that. So, We'll be back next week, hopefully in the beginning of next week, with some kind of preview or, or talk about what's going on with Angels this weekend. So, again, really appreciate you guys going along for a ride. really appreciate you guys um, getting ready for opening day. It's only two weeks away. Cannot wait. Cannot wait for the season to start after not even knowing when the season was going to start. So, for everyone, thank you, guys. I am Daniel Garcia. Thank you for listening to another edition of the All Angels Podcast. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the Metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts.